Welcome to Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. In this program, Marty discusses waterfowl and upland bird hunting, as well as the clay target shooting sports, with some of the top industry leaders and shooting pros from around the world. If you're just starting out or you've been hunting and shooting for years, we'll have wing and clay target news and information that you can use. Now, here is your host, Marty Fisher. And boy, welcome to another, I'm confident, going to be exciting episode of Wing and Clay Nation Radio. Uh, You know, last week I was in San Antonio, Texas at the uh, National Sporting Clays Championship, and uh, I'm going to talk about that here in just a a couple of minutes. but I do want to do this. Uh, you know, we're uh, we're experiencing some crazy weather patterns. Heck, it's um, it's Halloween. I mean, it is uh, October thirty first, and here I am in South Georgia. It is eighty eight degrees, which is absolutely insane for it to be that uh, that warm uh, this late in the year. And you know, you look over to the far west over in California, and uh, not really terribly unusual over there. They have have this stuff a lot. Uh, it's very dry. Uh, it's very hot. The winds really blow over there. <clears throat> you know, they have those Santa Ana winds, I guess. And uh, you know, prayers out to these folks over with uh, with those fires in California. And you know, they really they've got a mess out there. Um, uh, the environmentalists have, have shut down uh, a lot of the proper forest management practices, and, and as a result, uh, you know they've got uh, they've got an awful lot of um, vegetative fuel all over the place. And once fires start, it's really tough. Now I bring this up uh, because you know we've got some gun clubs that, that are in peril out there. Uh, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, uh, more and more um, shooting club out in uh, Los Angeles, North Los Angeles, actually burned down. And uh, they had to rebuild that. And, um, you know, the fires out there are, again, not that far from that particular club. I know when I go up to to uh, Bird's Landing Hunting Preserve, uh, you know, up in Northern California between Sacramento and, and San Francisco, uh, they are scared to death when the uh, fire season comes. Uh, you know, not so much about their place burning down, but, you know, they're a hunting preserve and They've got 1,100 acres, and they could lose a bunch of that in a hurry if a fire broke out. So uh, let's keep those folks in our prayers. Uh, you know, it's, uh, uh, it, it's, it's, it's something that we, we certainly hope doesn't happen. But uh, well, I hope they can get their, uh, get their ducks in a row out there in California, so to speak, and, and take care of some of those issues that they've got environmentally. Uh, again, you know, a great show today. The first segment, again, brought to you by the crushable vault, you know, my buddies there, they, what a great product they came up with. And, you know, when I first discovered that product, um, I was scared to death when I put my guns in my truck, I would go travel and I'd pull into a gas station and, you know, you're hoping and praying when you come out that your guns are still there, even when you lock the car or the truck. Uh, they came up with a product that is absolutely super. looks like a piece of luggage. Uh, it's obviously not luggage. Well, I guess it is. It's, uh, it's gun case luggage. And, uh, you know, they got a, uh, a cable system that you can, can put inside of the handles and, uh, and then tie into the bed of the truck or in the back seat of the, the car or in the trunk or the back of an SUV. And I'm telling you, no petty thief is going to get your guns at all. Uh, I want you to do this for me. Go to the Crushable Vault website, crushablevault.com. Take a look. Just take a look. And I think you'll like what you see there. You'll be buying yourself some security for your guns, I can tell you that, especially when you travel. 
crushablevault.com. If you see something you like there, when you get to the checkout page, just type the, my name in the little box up there, the promo code box, and you'll get an instant 10% off of the purchase. Crushablevault.com. Give those guys a look. I think you'll like what you see. Now, as I said, I was out at the National Sporting Clays Championship uh, last week, and what a great event that was. I mean, they had um, almost 2,200 shooters that were there for really the most of a week, if you can believe that. Um, and the cream rose to the top again, as, as it typically does in shooting events and golf events and, and things like that. Um, for the second year in a row, Zachary Keenbaum, uh, originally from California, who now lives over in Texas, Zachary won the event. Uh, broke 290 out of 300 targets in the main sporting English Sporting Clays event, which was absolutely remarkable because uh, right after I did the show on Thursday uh, last week out there, uh, the winds picked up and it started raining. And I mean, it was something else. Uh, it was one of those rains that they don't get very often in San Antonio. And, uh, you know, the, the following day it cleared up, but the winds were blowing 25 to 35 miles an hour constantly, even with some some gusts that were higher than that. And uh, I don't know if you've ever shot clay pigeons in a in a wind like that, but it really really makes it tough. Uh, so hats off to Zachary King bomb uh, for his win. Uh, David Radulovich uh, wound up the runner up, and uh, a former national champion Bobby Fowler wound up in third place. Uh, in the ladies side, Annabelle Ayers, uh, what a great. Uh, a great main event she had. Uh, she broke 272 of the 300 targets. And a couple of guys that we talk about all the time in the sub-junior, these, these, these young guys, 16 years old and under, uh, Joseph Fanese from Florida, uh, won that particular uh, event for the sub-juniors with a 274. Uh, Todd Hitch, uh, a, a young shooter from uh, from Maryville, Tennessee, uh, with only one target behind. Those two guys have been neck and neck in all of the major events. Over in the FITAS competition, and I do have to talk about that, uh, because FITAS is more like hunting for those of you who have never shot that. Uh, you can't put the gun up on your shoulder, uh, you know, before the target is, is visible. You have to start the gun under the armpit. And a lot of times those targets are really, really, really difficult, and it, it is very reminiscent to, uh, to wing shooting all over the world. Well, uh, Derek Mine, who uh, we've talked about in the past, Derek has uh, got, got an opportunity to, to be an Olympian uh, for the, the Olympics in Japan uh, in the bunker trap. Well, Derek actually won this event, uh, had about 800 competitors in the free test. Uh, Derek shot a 97 out of 100, which was remarkable. And uh, and, and I've got to do a shout out to a young lady from California, she, uh, actually a student of mine. I started teaching Alexandra Wampler when she was 12 years old. Uh, she's now in her 20s. Uh, but we've had off and on sessions for years. And Alex, uh, you know, stepped up to the plate and Shot 96 out of 100 in that free task and actually was a runner-up um, overall for everybody. And I'm telling you, a 96 or a 97 is a remarkable score with the difficulty of those targets that uh, that we had. So uh, congratulations to all of those shooters and congratulations to National Sporting Clays for a really, truly wonderful, wonderful event. Uh, let's see, what in the world is going on in the world? Well, 
One of the things that I did see, Midway USA Foundation, uh, you know, those folks do a whole lot for youth shooting around the country. And that is a uh, that's really what we're talking about in this particular show. In fact, uh, you know, my guest uh, who I'll have on here just in just a couple of minutes, he's actually traveling as we speak. He's on the way to Grand Island, Nebraska for an ACUI International Collegiate Championship uh, which is being held this coming weekend. Uh, and he was at this particular event that Midway USA Foundation hosted. They have the annual Youth Shooting Sports National Conference. And what they what that does is that brings all of these folks that are involved in helping get the youth shooting program around this country launched in the right way. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a big think tank. It gives, uh, gives opportunity for, for folks to, to have... Um, have uh, their thoughts uh, put out in front of other people and uh, they go back and forth. But the, the, the main thing is Midway Foundation or Midway USA Foundation, I should say, has donated well in excess of, I want to say it's, what is it? Three, four, five million dollars, something like that. You know, but I don't know exactly the number. I'd have to have to get that. Uh, but I know there, there's, uh, uh, it, it may be more than that. But it is millions and millions and millions of dollars that uh, Larry and Brenda Potterfield have given to the youth shooting in this in this country, and we can't thank them enough. Now I want to tell you who my guest on the show is, Sean Dullery. Sean was on the show. Some months ago, um, he is or a former Team USA member. Uh, he was on the Army Marksmanship Unit, which is just a remarkable feat in itself. I mean, if you look at the, the, the guys that have been on the Army Marksmanship Unit, many, many, many of them have been Olympians. In fact, I think um, you know Vince Hancock, who is uh, probably the top international skeet shooter in the world right now, is a part of that particular unit, and uh, and and Sean was a part of that. Sean on Team USA traveled all over the world, uh, you know, for this country, and um, you know, in doing so, he was, uh, uh, you know, very very successful in uh, winning medals. And and um, after he got out of the army and uh, and got away from his competitive days, uh, he wound up at Lindenwood University. And we're talking today, we're going to talk about collegiate shooting in a big way. And Sean was at Lindenwood, which, you know, has been the number one college shooting program for many, many years. In fact, I think they I think they won like 15 in the last 16 national championships. And uh, here recently, he has become the shooting sports development consultant for the ACUI, which is the collegiate shooting uh sanctioning body, kind of like the NCAA for football and basketball. Well, ACUI is exactly that for college shooting. So without further ado, I would uh, like to put Sean on the phone. And Sean, welcome back, buddy. I know you're traveling. I know you've got your hands full, but uh, welcome <laughs> to the show. Well, happy Halloween first, boo. 
Hey, amen to that. I, uh, you know, hey, I, I've got to admit, and I'll, I'll tell all of my listeners, I was actually killing a little bit of time to to, uh, to get you back on the line because, uh, you know, when we talked a few minutes ago, you said, hey, Marty, I've got an issue. But, you know, those things happen when you're traveling. And, uh, you know, I hope everything's I all right now and glad to I have you. I was as quiet as a ghost. I was as quiet as a ghost and you couldn't hear me. I was listening to everything. <laughs> okay, well, I, I gave you a little bit of an introduction, um, uh, you know, and, and talked about what you're doing now. You know, I, I think your official title, as I, as I look at it on the ACUI website, is Director of Shooting Sports Development uh, for ACUI. Now, Sean, you've gone from being a shooter uh, to a head coach, and now you're an administrator, if you will, for a whole nation of college shooting teams. So, you know, how, how's that adjustment been going for you? Well, you go from dealing with 100 students or, or a little less than 100, and you go to dealing with 1,000 across the country. So it's, it's a good feeling. It's good that uh, making the changes that I think the competitors want. It's, it, it's been a good transition. I've got a lot to learn. Uh, was with the Midway Foundation folks last weekend, Friday and Saturday, and learned a lot about more than what I thought they do. Um, for you all that are listening, they, they do a tremendous amount of philanthropy work, not just for high school and college teams, but within the shooting community, for sure. Well, they, they, and, and I actually uh, mentioned that in the, in the uh, uh, opening part of the show, you know, that they had that, um, that, that big gathering of, of people from all over the industry and, and all sorts of organizations and all of that. And, and I'm sure it was a very eye-opening experience because, you know, those folks, they put their money where their, you know, where their mouth is. Believe me, uh, you know, uh, they've been a very, very successful company, uh, you know, for online sales and all of that for years. And, you know, I mean, I know I'm a Midway USA customer myself, but what what they have done to put back, is really awe-inspiring and something that, uh, that that people in the shooting industry really and truly need to know about. Sure. Absolutely. So this week, you are in Grand Island, Nebraska. Now, I, you know, as I look at the ACUI um, calendar of events, if you will, uh, you have the Upper Midwest International Championships. Now you're in Grand Island. You know it's. I mentioned it's 88 degrees here. It's probably going. The temperature is going to go down about 45 degrees tonight. I'm sure it's not 88 like it is here in Georgia. No, sir. It's it's a whopping 42 degrees with with a north north wind, so it's a little brisk. Um, but it is the um, Upper Midwest Conference championships mm-hmm. uh, so it, we've got over 200 and some odd young people signed up for this this weekend and hopefully they've, they've brought their long underwear to wear um, to stay warm while they compete now uh, what what disciplines will they shoot will it be all international no it'll be American trap American ski super sporting and sporting mm-hmm. okay four different events and, you know, and then, and of course, you know, as the season progresses, you know, next week, you know, the the uh, things move over back to the east. They go over to uh, Glendale, Maryland, the Prince George's. Correct. Uh, 
draft in Skeet Center, um, you know, the Upper East Coast Conference Championship. And then, and then straight from there, the following week to Nashville. So you know the the college shooting season is is up and running and absolutely wide open. You know I, I have a lot of um, a lot of those um, shooting teams are, that are Instagram friends with me, and you know you see them on Facebook, and you know. I, but I do want to talk a little bit about about how these colleges handle their programs because they're all different. You know when you were. When you were at, at Lindenwood, that was a little bit different because Lindenwood made a, a huge effort to be really good. And, you know, there are some universities that, you know, it's just, just a little club program and it's just getting started. And, and uh, you know, and the, and, and the kids really run it. I mean, it, it, those programs and those, and those club deals, the, uh, the shooters actually run the program themselves in most instances. Yeah, the... the- the programs that are unfunded are more prevalent than the ones that are funded for sure. Um, if it wasn't for the club sports, we would lose about 65% of our, our, our field. So it's a commitment from the individuals that, that spend the money to families or mom and dads, grandpa and grandma, and whoever helps them support their shooting career, no doubt that, that they're instrumental in, in making the championship as, as big as what it's become. Okay. Well, look, we're up on our first break, and I think I want to go ahead and take that. And uh, when we come back, we're, we're going to talk, we're going to expand that because I, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, whether it's a, a club program, whether it's a scholarship program, is it varsity, you know, who pays for targets, who pays for ammo, you know, how is all of that stuff done? Because there are a lot of people listening to this show right now that have children or grandchildren or even, you know, some of the, the, the kids that are, uh, you know, that, that qualify, that are in college, that are saying, hey, I want to do this. How do we do it? So, folks, you stay tuned. Sean and I will be right back after these messages, and we're going to get deep into the collegiate shooting programs at different universities around the country. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, 
philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. tuned into Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. If you have a question or comment about the show, we're here via email, wingandclayradio at gmail.com. That's wingandclayradio at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to this week's show. And back we are, and uh, boy, we're, you know, we're off rocking and rolling. We're talking about college shooting, and you know, I, 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 I've got to tell you, there are so many people that I've talked to about this, you know, over the past few months. And so many folks really didn't know that, uh, you know, colleges had a shooting program. And boy, it is really taken off like you can't believe. And, you know, I've, uh, I've got the guy. I mean, I've got the uh, the head guy at ACUI that's in charge of all this. Now, Sean, talk to me a little bit. They're, they're, how, the, how do we, how do, how do colleges do it? I mean, it, you know, you you have to, you know, you have some of everybody coming there. I mean, like I, I said earlier, some of them are just little clubs. Some of them have the, the varsity deal. But but how does that actually work in most cases? Because somebody's got to pay for targets. Somebody's got to pay for ammo. Somebody's got to pay for travel to get these teams around, meals, all of that. What is somebody that does it? What, what are they looking for? Well, I think that they're looking for any opportunity of, helpful funding for a club team or even at the varsity um, funded team level. Uh, there's a number of things that programs do, but like we had said earlier in the show, Midway Foundation has provided the opportunity to make a, a substantial amount of money with gifts, matching gifts, and they've done so for quite some time. But I think you're going to see a change in that. But a lot of the universities do not fund their programs, so they are club sports, which means they're funded by the individuals themselves. Um, That's the more prevalent of programs out there, but there are some that have done a great job of providing, I shouldn't say sponsorship, but funding for those athletes to compete and provide recognition for that school. Honor University, Martin Methodist, uh, Bethel, Emmanuel, uh, Texas, and there's, there's so many. I don't want to leave anybody out, so I apologize if I didn't mention their names. But there, there's still even more that we we're compiling a list of those that people can go on the website. You can see all the, the the universities that compete, but we don't have any designated to the side of them that tells whether they're just a club sport or whether they're they're funded. But I, I after having this come up in numerous conversations, I think that's something that we'll work on for the future for sure. Well, you know, and 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 I, you know, I, I I looked at it, you know, last last year or earlier this year because the national collegiate championship for ACUI, um, you know, it it they just held it for SCTP, you know, up in Ohio, uh, the ACUI one, and and of course your program is now rocking and rolling through the fall, and uh, and that national championship is in San Antonio at the National Shooting Complex where I was last week for the National Sporting Clays Championship, but that takes place in late March. So we've got all of these events building up to, 
the, the teams going there. And I think last year they had, you know, about 900 shooters and, you know, somewhere around 90 uh, universities represented. Now, there are a lot more universities that have shooting teams than just those 90 that showed up to compete. Is that right? That is correct. There's some that either by financial lack of um, are unable to make that trip and, and have recognition for their school. Um, but we are doing some tremendously great things that are going to make everybody want to come in the future. Um, we have expanded the international side. We're moving the first two days of the competition up to Kerrville, Texas, so we can shoot on a, an Olympic, true Olympic range that's specializes for that. So those students that so choose to, to take part in the international IS international shootout, um, that, that'll be a big deal. Then we will move down to National Gun Club, where you just went for the sporting place championships to shoot American Trap, doubles American Trap, American Skeet, American Double Skeet, Super Sporting and Sporting. So that that is a change um, coming up that that should allow for a lot more opportunity and and give those students pretty much what they want to shoot, give them the opportunity to compete in, in those events. Well, and and that that exactly does that, you know. And, and the thing, uh, you know, that a, a big point here is that you know a lot of trap shooters don't don't really shoot American skeet. They don't really shoot sporting clays that much. A lot of skeet shooters they just want to shoot that game. And so, you know, what we do with the universities a lot of times is, you know, those students they have an opportunity to shoot all of it. And I, you know, to me, that is uh, that 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 just makes such a more rounded shooter uh, to to be able to shoot all of it. But uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Some of the teams can choose to specialize and and really just send the team for sporting clays, or just send the team for trap and skeet, or something like that. Is, is that right? Absolutely, absolutely. We're going to make it a big deal. Whatever team wins over all the teams, they will be declared the national champion of that particular event, whether it be American Skeet or American Trap or Sporting Plays or Super Sporting. Each event, even on the international side, will provide a national champion. And and that's what the beauty of this is, is where, you know, instead of just one school that gets to lay claim to the biggest title of all, which has been in the past the high overall, which means that that team had the highest conglomerate score of all the events. Now you're going to see when we put something in the magazine and, and out there in media, so we will be making those those announcements. Here is who your national championship team was in trap and so on and so forth. That way that university can go back to their deans or their presidents, um, administrators, and say, hey, we're just a little school. We shot one event and we went and picked tail and took names. And that way sure. there may, you know, you never know how, that plays out for them to maybe receive some additional funding or recognition for that school in the recruiting sense. There's a whole bunch that comes with it for sure. Well, without question. Now, you know, you, you, you when you talk about that, when you say we're just, a, you know, one of these little schools that, that won a national title. Now, you know, in, in, in NCAA sports, Okay, they have Division One, they have Division Two, they have Division Three. You know, ACUI, you know, has a breakdown of divisions also. Correct. 
you know, I, I, I'm, if you would, could, could you explain, Sean, you know, how, how does that, how is that determined? Because, you know, uh, uh, you know, you see some of the smaller schools that are actually listed up there in Division One, and some of the bigger schools are listed down in lower divisions. So, so how, how is that determined? Well, basically, the way it has been up to this point is, is that 20 or more, that's Division One, And then Division Two is 20 or less down to a very, very small team. Division Three has been typically your two-year community colleges and programs smaller. So, um, you know, there's a lot of talk about, well, shouldn't Division One be the funded schools and this, that, and the other? You know, it's very, very hard to differentiate whether a university is getting athletic scholarships versus leadership or educational scholarships. So it is a very, very monumentous task to um, put something in place that is that is consistent across the board for everybody to follow. But that's why this national championship in, in the independent events is going to be so vital because let's say a team only has five individuals. But and they and they only focus on sporting plays. They can go and if they happen to have the team that wins that thing, they get to say that they were a national champion. Where they well, don't even have to necessarily compete in all the different events. If that's what they focus in on, that's 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 a reputable opportunity there. Mm-hmm. Now, as I understand it, and 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 you can can steer me as as we go here. Um, uh, let's say we we're a Division One team, okay? And mm-hmm. twenty twenty five, you you take twenty five student athletes to an event. The as I understand it, they, they all shoot. You know, if, if they all shoot, let's say they all shoot sporting clays. For the score for that team, you only take the top five scores. Is that correct? Even though twenty five shot, only the top five are the ones that are correct. Listed. How that works? Okay. Correct. And and so it's that way all across the board for every every discipline, and that's why you say you could only take five shooters, but if all if those five cumulative scores were at the top of the everybody else's top five scores, they win. Correct. Well, I think that's a, that's really yeah. a great way to do it because it it encourages the participation, and that's a that's such a big part of it. Um, you know, I, I'm you know, you and I've talked a little bit. I'm in the process as we speak of of working with my university, Georgia Southern University. Uh, you know, here in Southeast Georgia, and you know they've had a little club team, and and uh, but they never really got competitive. Well, all of a sudden they've decided that they want to do the competitive thing, and. Um, you know, we've we've actually got a meeting set up. Uh, you know, I, I think it's uh, it's next week, uh, and and uh, we'll see we'll see who who's who's interested or not interested. But but this is how all of this gets going, and and really, what I think a lot of folks don't understand is, you know, college shooting teams are a little bit different from the NCAA stuff for the most part, because as 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 I understand it, you know, mostly NCAA teams where they've got scholarships awarded, uh, they have paid coaches, they have paid this, they have paid that. In this particular scenario, some colleges have that, but a lot of them just have the clubs, and the clubs are actually run by the student athletes themselves. That is correct. 
So, you know, if you're doing that, I'm just curious. You know, we, we've got to get to the point at some at, at some time in this conversation, who pays for targets, who pays for ammo, who pays for travel, who pays for meals, because all of that stuff, you know, runs up there pretty good if you're taking 10, 12, 15, you know, 20 student athletes somewhere. So uh, talk a little bit, John, if you will, how, how do different colleges handle that? I mean, you, give me some philosophies on that. I think a lot of folks would like to know. I think what you're asking is, is how do those programs that don't have yes, survive? Correct. Correct. Well, I know that it's a problem nationwide. I think the smaller schools that can't afford that. I think that there are there is some talk that <clears throat> there's going to be um, some opportunities in the future uh, on that. Um, many of the individuals that do partake in play target shooting get independent. Um, how do you say it? Independent opportunities take take lessons and so on and so forth, and that's that's where their coaching comes from. Uh-huh. Um, the bigger institutions that have supported have supported um, the programs, they will uh, they will generally have a full time coach or coaches. That's where the breakdown really really gets tough. If, if there's individuals out there that don't have a coach and they're competing at the highest level, that, that is a huge hat-off to those folks and those teams. Because that means that they're working hard together, utilizing the tools that they can get access to to stay on that high plateau. Well, and the thing is, you know, uh, uh, that that high plateau is something that, you know, once once these, these young folks get a taste of this, yeah, you know, I know, I know. It, in in my situation, you know, when, once we plant our college team in front of Alabama and Clemson and Auburn and Georgia and you know all of these other ones that are going to show up, you know, to some of these events, you know, all of a sudden you're representing your university, and that's a whole different animal than just going out and shooting and having fun. I mean, all of a sudden it really means something, and that 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 changes. The program completely. It is very hard for the listeners to understand how it, I, I've seen it for years. You're exactly right that when a young person, male or female, gets on the platform to represent something more than, than just themselves, it throws a whole big, gigantic curveball into the equation. Um, I've seen some of the biggest names in every event at the junior gold, junior level. Um, have their worst days because it wasn't just shooting for a medal or a trophy or something that, that involved just them. Um, they feel as though there's a tremendous amount of pressure that they, they assist in winning it for the team. So therefore there's, it seems like there's a lot bigger pride in the athletes, you know, when they're firing on all cylinders and the one that slips a little bit, there's always somebody that comes from the bottom up to help them and they provide a score, and that's the neatest part of the whole college shooting experience is to see a young person that is not expected but all of a sudden does out against the 800, 900 competitors and throws a score up on the board that that, that individual is buying for national championships. No, and and not, only is it, not only is it exciting for them, it's tremendous. I, I can tell you that it's almost more nerve-wracking to be the one 
boxing all that than it is to be the one that's out there shooting it, coming from from a guy that's been on both roles. Yeah, I mean, and, and they, listen, I mean, and, and you're absolutely right. I mean, I alluded earlier in the show, I talked about, uh, you know, one a, a young student of mine, you know, a young lady. And, you know, she she's a really, really good shot, you know, and she's, a, you know, she's a master class shooter. But, you know, when you go up against the best of the best of the best, you know, uh, it's rare that, that the, the, the ladies shoot the same scores as the very best in the whole crowd. And in her particular case, you know, on that, it was her day. And, uh, you know, in the fee task, you know, she shot a 96 and, you know, a guy that may very well be an Olympian, Derek Mine, shot a 97. And uh, there were about 800 other people that shot less than they did. So, you know, it was, it's pretty remarkable. So, you know, as good a shot as she is, nobody really expected that in that particular instance. And and we have, I know we see that on the college side too. I mean, a lot of these kids, when they get to San Antonio, for instance, at the Nationals, somebody's going to come out of the pack and put up a score. That's right. Happens and, every and, year. <laughs> yeah, every year, and it's gonna it's gonna really be exciting. I'll tell you, Sean, we're gonna we're gonna take a take a break here real quick, and um, you know, I will say this, folks, uh, this segment of the show that we just did with Sean uh, is, is brought to you by my good friends at Negrini Cases. You know, Negrini's been building gun cases for thirty five years, and if you've got a Kriegolf or a Parati or a Browning or a Beretta or a Blosser or something like that, there's a good chance that the case that it came in was made by Negrini. But what Negrini does do, if they have a custom case division that is absolutely remarkable, and I can tell you this, that's what Marty's got his guns in. Uh, so go to NegriniCases.com and take a look at what they've got there. They've got some beautiful Italian uh, cases there, lightweight, harder than, than aluminum, TSA approved. And I'm going to tell you something, your gun will re- look really good sitting in those cases. So give them a look, negrinicases.com. Folks, we'll be right back after these messages with more collegiate shooting across America. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. Racers and Rental Cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune into All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Mondays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety channel. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com tuned into Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. If you have a question or comment about the show, we're here via email, wingandclayradio at gmail.com. That's wingandclayradio at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to this week's show. And we are back. And hey, you know what? I didn't even mention this a little earlier than I normally do. If you are a social media freak like the rest of the world seems to be these days, uh, I want to invite you to all of the social media uh, outlets that we have with Wing and Clay Nation Radio. Uh, in fact, our, uh, our, our website is uh, wingandclayradio.com. Uh, if you spend any time on Twitter, like, uh, like the president does a lot, um, twitter.com slash wingclaynation. On Facebook, we're at facebook.com slash wing and clay radio and on instagram uh where we can you know share some really cool pictures from all over the world and and all different venues uh instagram.com slash wing and clay radio and i want to remind you also that every episode of wing and clay nation radio is found on a variety of podcast sites. So whatever podcast site you listen to, whether it be iTunes, TuneIn, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, the new iHeart uh, Radio podcast, whatever it is, just go to your podcast, type in Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation, and I, I'd be willing to bet you that every episode we've ever done will pop up on your screen and you can listen at your, at your pleasure. Now, that being said, you know, we've been talking – at length here about college shooting and all of the things that uh, that are going on. I mean, there's more and more and more of it now than there's ever been. Uh, but there are some universities out there that are really taking this serious. And uh, and and Sean, I I, I I want to talk a little bit about that. I mean, uh, uh, you know, and, and and a lot of times it's you know some of the, the well-known names. You know, the Alabamas, the the Clemsons, uh, you know, the Texas A&Ms. You know, those those are those are given. But there are a lot of smaller schools that have remarkable programs. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? Uh, you know, I think people would like to would like to hear about it. Well, I think one of the one of the most prolific right now is the one that knocked the big one off this last past year out of Kerrville, Texas, Shriner University. Um, they've got a new new head coach down there that I happen to know extremely well, uh, Damian Giles, who was a four time. All-American at Fort Hayes State under Dwayne Shepard. And uh, he's in charge of that program now, and I think you're going to see great things in that program. I know that there's been one recently that's happened that puts him in very, very good contention. In fact, better than anybody else right now for the the, the Olympic team coming up, the, the selection mm-hmm. that will take place in the spring. And that's uh, uh, Colt McBee. Um, so, you know, that that is a pretty small school with with a big title. Um, I don't know how many students are there, but it's not as big as most universities. But they're 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 carrying some clout. 
They well, not- and, yeah, and where you came from, when you were at Lindenwood, Lindenwood's not a big, huge school. In fact, <laughs> I, I think almost, you know, I, I read up on that a little bit. I mean, there, there was a sizable portion of the student population there that actually participate in some type of sport. Sure, sure. And uh, and Lindenwood, you know, just a little different. Uh, but you know, they uh, until Shriner came along, Lindenwood was the top dog, and you know, with you at the helm, and and uh, and, and now you know some of the bigger schools, um, you know, have have stepped up. But I think they're still doing club programs, you know, like the Clemson's, like the the uh, Alabamas, like the Texas A and M, and you know, we've uh, you know we, we've got others. I mean. Um, you know, are, are there others out there that uh, that people should should pay attention to? I know Fort Hayes State, you know, which is a, not a, a big school by any stretch of the imagination. They're really serious about their shotgun program. I mean, I'm here in the state of Nebraska. Concordia has got a big program. Um, you know, you start talking about the big ones versus the small ones. You know, I think an individual's got to look at what they want out of their college experience first and foremost. Don't don't pick a school just because it's got this, that, or the other. You got to look at the whole package and what it does for that individual. And you know, first it's, it's academics and then the sport. But um, Lindenwood, Texas A&M, Trinity, uh, George Mason University, Emmanuel, um, George Mason University. All of these schools have got tremendously good programs that are successful in their own right. And then um, to be a part of leading all these schools through the tournaments and listening to what they would like to see as far as a change and how to make the competitions better, it's all part of the, the growth of not just ACUI's program, but those, those university programs as well. Well, you know, <clears throat> we've talked uh, a lot about this whole scenario here. The one thing we haven't talked about, and, and I really want to just touch on it a little bit, uh, what advice can you give to my listeners? Now, there's no listeners being parents, grandparents, uh, potentially student athletes. Uh, what what are these schools looking for? Because, you know, obviously, if you go in your club deal, you know, you can say, okay, I want to be in the club, and, and that's right. it. But once you get in the real competitive part, because every school can't take every student to every event, so uh, what 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 advice could you <clears throat> can you give a parent or or a student to get them launched in the right direction to be prepared to compete in college? Absolutely, I think that the student wants to focus obviously on why they're in school. You know, get the grades. Be, be that student that everybody wants to be around. When spoken to, do a good job of representing yourself, your school, um, and all those things that, that, that the media wants. It's important that our sport have people that are intelligent. Um, in order to get get those financial packages in some of the schools, it requires good test scores, ACT, SAT, a good grade point average. Um, and sometimes they ask you to write, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a formal, oh, you would be a good fit at that institution. And obviously, but at the bottom of the list, you want to have the ability. You want to be on top of your shotgun sports game or whatever game you're, you're, you're going to participate in. But um, 
you know, be, having the privilege to be on a radio show like yours, Marty, you know, this isn't just something that, that needs to be the most prolific shooters. Maybe, maybe at some point have a series of young shooters on to talk about the experience and let those parents and grandparents hear the sincerity in their voices. You know, a lot of people, I mean, I, I don't, I wouldn't say a lot of people, but there is, there's a lot of bullying going on through the country. Uh-huh. And some of the, some of the shooters may not have been tremendous athletes in your common core sports, but they're rock stars in the shooting world. And oh, it, it's a safe haven for many of them. So um, those, are the, those are the key components to what to look for, how to get there, and uh, hopefully get one of those coveted um, great financial packages that allow them to continue their shooting throughout their college career. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, I, and and you you say that, and and I and I, I look back at, at the trip that I just took out to San Antonio, and I'm and I'm watching some of these these young kids, and I think they had, oh, in the junior side, they had somewhere I don't know, three hundred or a little more, uh, you know, young kids that were were entered, and a lot of them, you know, you, you would never picture those folks putting on a a football uniform and going out there and, uh, you know, lining up, you know, in front of some 300 pound guy, but they can swing a shot and, and point a shotgun, you know, as good as anybody in the world. And that's, uh, uh, there's a lot to be said for that. So, so I think that, you know, your, your point is very well taken that, um, uh, you know, uh, there are opportunities out there, you know, for young people who uh, want to be, uh, good that want to be a part of, of something and, and this is a great way to do it and, and you know the beauty of it it's uh, uh, you know and, and I think most people on this 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 particular show that are listening understand uh, you know the shooting sports is one of the safest of all uh, sports anywhere and uh, you know that's such a big big part of all of it absolutely absolutely well, when you when you were at, at Lindenwood, you had what 30, 35, 36 kids in that program. Oh no! At one time, I had one hundred and ten. Really? Wow! It started the first year that I was there. I think it hovered around fifty five. Well, as soon as they made the announcement, and I, I don't know that it was me or if, if the Olympics had something to do with that. Perhaps it did. Um, it went from fifty five to eighty five, and then it continued to 95 and then went well over 100. So um, there's a lot to say for good guidance, structure, kind of like a compass for people to follow. Um, You know, that was the beauty of being a coach is being able to share all those things that you learn as as a seasoned person with younger people and see them take it and use it how they can to get from point A to point B. Well, and, and, you know, if you've got 100 kids, I mean, obviously, you, you know, nobody can afford to take 100 kids to a, to a national championship. So, you Correct. know, I mean, I mean, you got to the point where you had kind of qualifying and stuff like that. I mean, it, you know, the, uh, the proof's in the pudding. I mean, you've got you've to be able to do it. And, uh, and, and I'm, I'm confident there was some type of qualifying process for who, who traveled and who didn't. Yeah, there's always a tryout. There's always... At any given time, somebody can go up, somebody can go down. It, it's it's monitoring all your athletes and trying to get the biggest 
bang, so to speak, for the buck. Um, but that makes it also more closer to real life. Some things are not just given to us. We've got to own them. And I think well, that's the biggest yeah. part of shooting, being in shooting sports since a very young age. It's given me that opportunity to, to watch my character grow by the people that I've been around. And I think that that's the function and mission statement of the ACI, providing that, that guidance for young adults before they make that last ditch effort of, of being a competitor and so on and so forth. Um, and then they go on to work and then they make the decision how to manage their money and how they're going to pass their traditions of, of their sport on to the young ones. Mm-hmm. Well, Sean, we're, we've, we've got, we got about a minute, you know, a little more than a minute left in the show. And uh, so if you would uh, tell us a little bit about how people can, can find out about, Collegiate shooting through ACUI, how, you know, how, how do they go about doing that? I mean, you've got a lot of information on the website, so why don't you give us that information? I, I would go to ACUI Clays, just type it in your search engine, and then over on the right-hand side, you'll see resources, and it, it tells how some of these college teams have, have gotten started. It helps give them the tools to understand how to go about it. Um, we have our results and our events and everything listed on the website. And I'll tell you, my work partner, Alyssa Drew, she is, she is a rock star in her own right. And, and the, the support administration at the ACUI, John Taylor, Dave Teske, and Jack Voorhees, they do a great job. And uh, it, I think it, it is also transcended from those that work on the grounds at these events that a happy person is a person that has got good people around them. And then the ACUI has definitely got that. Well, I'll tell you, I, I can't thank you enough. I know you're on the road and traveling. Folks, we have run completely out of time. Uh, Sean Dillery, I mean, man, what a what a, what a a great guy you are, and uh, have a great time in Nebraska. I'm sure we'll be talking again down the road. Look forward to seeing you. If my Georgia Southern team gets going, we'll see you. And, folks, do me a favor. Take to heart what Sean has said here. These young folks uh, really mean something. So take a kid shooting, have a lot of fun, be safe, and we'll see you next time on Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation Radio. Thank you for listening to Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. Please join Marty again next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until next week's show, think safety first and good shooting. 